Well, Welcome to Lab Life with the Air Force Research Laboratory. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Kenneth. Hello, folks. Today we are joined by Dr. Candace hatcher Solis and Dr. Shanae Packley to discuss the Air Force Women in Science and Engineering Resource Group, or AppWise, Inspiring Women in STEM, and Amazing Books Involving Them. In three, two, one... Well, good morning, Candice. Welcome back to the podcast, and Shanae, welcome to the podcast for the first time. Hey, good morning. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Everyone's in their homes right now, and you two are both surrounded by your respective children and probably some of their toys as we all continue to work from home, which made me think you're both women in science. Were there toys that inspired you as, as children that you know led you to your careers at AFRL today? You know, I had the typical microscope like everyone else did when they were a kid, about seven or eight years old. You know, it came with the slides of DNA of some terrible bugs that do not like to this day, but I was exploring as a child and looking at it. And I just thought that was so cool to be able to see like this is, you know, this was an actual living thing. And I'm looking at it under a microscope. I felt so authentic and real. Um, even though at that age, I thought I was going to be a lawyer up until the eighth grade, um, which is when I finally decided, okay, you know, I, I think I'll try this engineering field. But I'm happy that toys like those exist and still exist that and were able to make an imprint on my brain and, you know, who I am to this day at such an early age. I mean, I don't know, Candice, what else, what, what would you say you had? So growing up, um, I already knew I loved science. I was always curious about the world around me. It was my favorite course in school. Uh, growing up, I had a chemistry set, a microscope, and a book about experiments that you could do around the house for kids. And my favorite, of course, was the microscope. So I love that with the microscope kit, it came with the pre-made slides where you could look at goldfish scales, but it also came with glass slides that you can make yourself. So I really enjoyed looking around my house, my backyard, uh, making my own slides, going to parks, um, picking up different leaves, looking at them under the microscope and looking at the veining. And so toys really cultivated and nurtured my love for science. And that just continued throughout my career. And now it's nice because with my son, I bought him a microscope and it's nice to see that he was excited as well. And he started to look at slides and learn how to use it himself. See, that's really cool. So you're starting to see a lot of that early wonder that you had in his eyes. Yes. <laughs> hey, see, that's great. I mean, I must've like done it wrong. I had to have, uh, or should have gotten a lot of those chemistry sets when I was a kid, uh, with, like you did Candace. Cause uh, when I was younger, I mean, I had a huge chemistry book. I mean, those little ones you can get like the, uh, coffee table books. And I read it like front to back, loved it. And my whole life I was like, I'm going to be a chemist. I, I decided it. And then, uh, lo and behold, kind of like you, Shanae, eighth grade switched for me when I actually took chemistry. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> this is, this is tough. So I'm glad you guys, <laughs> you guys have it covered. Um, for me, Switch journalism, but I'm glad at least to talk about it. So the book at least got me prepared, I'd like to think. Yes, it did. <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm um, talking about inspirational things when you were younger. Um, so we talk about some cool uh, toys you had, great experiences that really got you ready for uh, the STEM field. But were there any amazing women in the STEM field that you studied or people you knew personally that inspired you to go further? Candice, you want to take that first? Uh, sure. So 
one female neuroscientist that I find really inspiring is Patricia Goldman Rakish. And she was a neuroscientist that really mapped the prefrontal cortex. Her work is extremely pioneering. It's the reason that I can do the research so that I do at AFRL today. So uh, she mapped the prefrontal cortex, beginning of how memory works, um, also at the cellular and molecular level, the complexity of mental illness. So a lot of the research that we have now for Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, and schizophrenia, some of the work I did in my graduate school um, is directly uh, related to the research that she did. So yeah, so I think that I didn't really have a role model, a female role model at a very young age. You know, eighth grade is when, like I said, I decided like, okay, I want to explore more of this this engineering and science. That's when I got into the Right Step program. And, you know, it was every summer I got to go and do hands-on engineering experiments, electrical engineering, um, chemical engineering, all kinds of things. Um, but it wasn't until undergrad, like my senior year of undergrad at Wright State University, when I learned about Mild Mildred Dresselhaus. And she was like the carbon queen. And I learned so much about carbon nanotechnology through her and it really, really piqued my interest. In fact, that was what my, my master's degree and my PhD was in carbon nanomaterials. So it was like carbon nanopearls and then carbon nanotubes, all of that research. So she was like a big pioneer woman and highly influenced the research that I've done to this day. So Sinead, you touched on, you know, that this person was inspiring for you. We haven't had you on the podcast yet. Uh, what do you do for the lab? So for the last, oh gosh, 10 years, my research has changed. Um, it began with carbon nanotubes, you know, doing a lot of growth synthesis and characterization testing for electronic devices of carbon nanomaterials. Um, and then it switched over to something like 2D materials. So looking at molybdenum disulfide, tungsten, cellulite, things like that for electronic devices. So I'm heavy on synthesis, so growing using chemical vapor deposition techniques. So essentially what that is, to break that down, I would take a material, so say if it was carbon nanotubes, I would take some catalyst like nickel, and I would put it in this furnace that can heat up to very high temperatures, and it will react with another gas, a carbon source gas. It will react with that grass and it will form these very tiny tubes that you can't see with the naked eye. You need to use a special microscope, like an electron microscope. But you can see these carbon nanotubes and they kind of grow like in a spaghetti formation, or you can grow them aligned in these pillars. And they can emit electrons from the surface. They've been used for all types of applications. So I've, I've been using chemical vapor deposition, I moved on to pulse laser deposition to grow wide band gap materials for electronic devices. So I've been heavy on the electronic application side. So that was the research that I was doing early on in my career. And then my most recent research was pulse laser deposition of wide band gap materials, in particular gallium oxide. So gallium oxide is a wide band gap material with a high breakdown field. So we're looking at that to make these um, power devices. So I've been growing uh, for the last four years before what I currently do, I was growing gallium oxide using pulse laser deposition. So it was a new area actually for me, because as I mentioned, I came from carbon nano research and I was doing chemical vapor deposition. And then I moved on to 2D materials, which was still 
chemical vapor deposition. So I had to essentially train myself on this new instrument, pulse laser deposition, uh, better known as PLD. But it was very exciting working with this material and testing it, looking at its electronic properties and how can I integrate this into a device. So that's kindly kind of where I left off before I moved into my current position of co-locate where I'm transitioning research from the research lab to LCMC. And we did have one question regarding that. So having this leadership position, or at least helping transition some of this technology, um, what leadership tools has this given you being this almost liaison between the warfighters needs and chief engineers? So it's definitely made me more visible and um, it's kind of made me like the expert um, in this position, they will come to me, you know, because I come from the research lab, I come from a, a nanoelectronics background, there will be questions posed like, you know, um, what, what are they currently doing, you know, in, um, you know, in the nanoelectronics and the power devices uh, area in AFRL, as well as the same questions are posed to me from uh, RX. What is the five-year roadmap in LCMC when it comes to power electronics and things like that? So I would get those kind of questions. It'd be my job to, you know, connect the two, connect the dots and fill in the gaps, as well as what's going on, some other areas in space vehicles. I would talk to program managers there and try to connect their research to LCMC. So in a sense, you're looked at as that expert in that field. So it's definitely made me work on my leadership skills. It's made me, okay, I have to set up these meetings. I have to organize these seminars from speakers from, say, RW or things like that. But I enjoy it. I enjoy the getting to learn a lot about the technology that's out there beyond what I have been working on. But Candice, could you give our listeners maybe a little recap of what you do at the lab? And, um, you know, you're, you're a podcast episode drop, but in case... Uh, people haven't listened. Uh, are there any updates to your research since that episode? Yes, I'd love to. So I'm the lead for the neurobiology of cognitive performance team. We study uh, biomolecular pathways that can be used to enhance cognition. And so currently, um, we've been looking at the underlying mechanisms for how non-invasive brain or peripheral nerve stimulation uh, can enhance learning and memory to accelerate training and can improve alertness for our forces that have extended shifts. During the last podcast, I talked about a lot of the mechanistic work that we have done, um, understanding how changes in the brain are uh, underlying some of the behavioral effects that we're seeing uh, so that we can more precisely target the stimulation to optimize the effects. Um, well, now uh, my research has uh, transitioned to be a little more applied so it's nice that now that I have the mechanistic understanding of how brain simulation or peripheral nerve simulation is working, I now have the opportunity to work with um, troops. So the uh, Air Force Special Operations Community, I'm involved in some projects to use uh, non-invasive brain stimulation or peripheral nerve stimulation with them to accelerate their training and to uh, promote alertness. So Candace and Shanae, Part of the reason you're on this episode is that you're both leaders in the Air Force Women in Science and Engineering organization. Uh, could you tell us what AFWAYS, like we like to call it, is, is all about? 
Uh, sure, Michelle. AFWISE, or Air Force Women in Science Engineering, is a resource group that provides women a forum to gather, to network, to share ideas for advancement and for professional development for women. And it also promotes uh, diversity and inclusion within the workplace. The mission is targeted, but the membership is open to anyone, men and women, military, civilians, and contractors, who support its mission. Um, Shanae, is there anything that you would like to add to that? Yeah, so um, like Candace was saying, we're an inclusive resource group. One thing that we have coming up in particular that we're very excited about is our workshop in May. It's called Elevate 2021. Very excited because we plan to have some successful speakers who are women to talk about their journey to that got them to where they are today. We could take away some key tips and things like that on what we can use to push ourselves to go to the next level, how we can be in management roles and supervisory roles and things like that, because there is a lacking of women in those leadership positions, especially in a research lab. So we want to do what we can to enable women to move up those, those ranks within their careers. That's great. Getting a really good idea of what AFWISE is and what it's about really helps set it for our audience who may not have heard of it before. Uh, following that road a little farther down then, um, what resources do you guys have then for junior force members or people looking to join this organization when they may not know where or how to do so? So especially for the junior force members, it provides an opportunity to network with women across AFRL. And as Sinead mentioned, we do have our leadership and professional development seminars that we're planning to have annually. Um, also, we have a LitWise, which is our book club, which you can join. And um, every month we go over a book that specifically speaks to diversity and inclusion for women in the workplace. And so there are many resources for Junior Force uh, members. Um, as a Junior Force member myself, when I first joined AppWise, it was really nice for me to learn about the resources that were available as a young mom at AFRL. So I was able to learn about flexible work options, the location of the lactation room in my building, and also how other women tackled being a mom and a career professional. Uh, Shanae, would you like to add anything? Yeah, so just in addition, like she said, well, well, one, I am no longer junior force, but it's funny because somehow I always get included, so I don't correct them because that's fine. They keep me young. But <laughs> um, one thing, like she said, being a mother and in science, mother that's a scientist or engineer, you know, you you need to know certain things. Like she mentioned, a lactation room. So there were things like that that were introduced to me, you know. But I think one thing in particular, you know, I had to talk to my mentors who were women as well, like because this was new to me. I'm a mom, and I personally did not want to take 12 weeks off. I wanted to jump back in, but it's not because of necessarily like um, wanting to get away. It was more of I was nervous that, you know, I will fall behind in my research. So I needed to talk to people who had been through this. And there were women within AFWISE who have been through this. And, you know, they said, okay, well, this is things that you can do. And, you know, don't worry about that, but stay up on the technology, read publications, read literature, you know, but you also need that time to rest and be with your child. Don't feel guilty about being at home for those 12 weeks. I'm grateful that I had those women mentors to talk to who were in the FYS organization um, who have been through this and we could discuss and, and share things like that. Candace already mentioned that we have LitWise. 
pretty awesome. I get a chance every now and then to read a few of the books. And like right now, we have an upcoming seminar event, actually a personality test this Friday. Um, and I'm sure everyone has had some experience with these personality tests, but this one is a little different. So I'm excited and all of AFWISE is participating. There are even people who emailed me that weren't a part of AFWISE, but they're interested in taking a personality test because it can help you to determine what type of leader you are and how to use that information in your current positions and how to work with others who have a different personality type. So I'm very excited for this uh, event that we have this Friday. And I definitely plan to have more events moving forward, especially since we are in a pandemic and everything is virtual. So we're trying to do things like this to keep everyone connected and involved and keep the morale high as well. I just think it's so interesting that, you know, there's so many I guess organizations that are centered about lifting women up, whether it's like in, in, a, in, in industry, even like women in defense or women in government, but as being women in science and engineering, you both have mentioned a few things that are very like specific. It's a very niche thing because, you know, not only you're talking about, you know, what happens to my research stops, you know, I'm in communication. So while it hurts to be out for three months, whether it's for a, having a, a child or taking care of a, a family member or, you know, hey, maybe I just was able to take a sabbatical and just travel the world or something. Um, it's interesting. It's great that you had uh, people, mentors to rely on. Or, Shanae, I know you've been mentioned thing, navigating things like you work with chemicals that might not be really known whether they're safe for you to work with while, while you're pregnant. You know, that's not something that, you know, your general uh, you know, women in defense or another great organization could could really guide you in because it, it's so much broader. So I, I found that super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the chemicals. So when I was uh, expecting, I didn't know what the protocols were exactly what I was supposed to do. Was I supposed to continue doing what I was doing at that time? I think I was I was doing chemical vapor deposition, <clears throat> excuse me, of 2D materials. So I was dealing with gases like acetylene and nickel and any type of solvents. And I wasn't sure if I should still be dealing with that and how it would affect my, my, my baby's health. So I, again, I had to talk to my mentors. I believe I talked to the previous chair, Joy Haley, just a few women. And, and it's, at the time, my management, they consisted of women as well. So they pointed me in the right direction and said, okay, you need to go here. And, you know, they will give you the form showing that, hey, you cannot deal with these chemicals anymore. You cannot work in the lab with that stuff anymore. And there was stuff that I could do, but I couldn't be in a lab with those chemicals because, you know, the possibility of them being harmful. So, but that was information that I didn't know on my own. And, you know, I was able to use the organization. I was able to use people in AFWISE to find out what am I supposed to do next? Because it's not necessarily something they tell you when you first are hired. There's not a booklet. <laughs> There's no signs that tell you, hey, this is what you need to do. And certainly I don't expect, <laughs> I don't expect Bob or Joe to say, well, you might need to go here, you know, things like that. So the organization is very helpful for information like that. And then when it, you know, my child was here, like I said, you know, with concerns with my research, you know, me falling behind and tips from them. And, and like Candace was saying, just when you are, you know, you're nursing and where to go. Thankfully, we do have a lactation area in um, RX that they actually built for those purposes. 
So I am grateful that our organization, that they provided those facilities for us. When you both mentioned that the organization is open to more than just women, and I'm, I'm certain I just had this thought. So you mentioned the support of like, hey, if I step back from my work, you know, in a full-time sense for a while, you know, what does that mean for my career? What does that mean for my research? I would imagine that men in our organization, especially now that the Air Force is providing paternity leave, like dedicated paternity leave, that they're going to have those questions too. Do they take that time to be with their family and how are they perceived for doing that? I mean, it, it, they, they're going to experience the same potential judgment, you know, or in your head, whether you're actually judged or not, or, you know, that fear that they're going to fall behind. I think that will be interesting if, if you're able to mentor them in, in their decisions and in what it means. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I was in that situation recently where two of my uh, male colleagues took leave for a paid parental leave um, after their wives had a baby. And so there were a few collaborative projects that we were working on. And because we were in constant communication with each other, there were times where I was able to take a lead or take on a larger role so we could keep the project going. And so it's been actually nice to be able to talk to male colleagues in that same situation and work with them. And also, I would like to mention that uh, during the pandemic, I think family care is, is becoming um, shared more with males and females. So I do think AFWISE has resources that are important and interesting for everyone. I agree with Candace there. Um, I haven't necessarily had the chance to work with any um, men who get to take advantage of that new law, them being able to take the leave. But I definitely, um, especially right now, since we are all almost experts in these different virtual platforms, I think that it would help us to navigate, to still be able to, you know, if they do want to be involved without any pressure, they still wanted to be involved in certain meetings and things like that, that they could log into a G Suite or a Zoom Gov meeting. I definitely would be open to discussing more how to not feel guilty if you don't necessarily come back before 12 weeks or just telling them that a lot of us have all been there. So but I, I definitely am happy that they get to use that opportunity as well. And listen to all of this, like one of the really cool aspects of AFWISE that um, we touched on very early on and kind of listened to every story here, whether it's talking about a maternity leave, helping folks with paternity leave, facilities and beyond. It sounds like AFWISE really is a great um, organization that not only has amazing mentors, but turns these junior force members and other folks in it into mentors themselves. So it really is making you that leader, like you mentioned, uh, to say like, hey, next person has a question, I got you covered. And that has to feel really good to see that come through, like to watch people that you guys have helped mentor then become these leaders. Yeah, I absolutely enjoy. Um, well, I've been on the mentee side for all of my career, but I've also participated as a mentor as well. So one of the things that our exec group that we've been discussing is, you know, promoting more mentoring in our organization. Um, that's one of the things that I'm excited about this year. And we have a few ideas out that we hope that will work, that we can participate in. For example, we're looking at how can we participate in the end of the summer poster sessions? Like, can we judge the poster sessions? There, Every summer, there's we have students that come in, and though I don't know how it's going to look this year, but I imagine they'll figure something out, and it'd be awesome if there could be some judges 
that represent FYs can look at their research. And again, then the winner could get a certificate that shows this is from FYs. This is based on your research from the summer. So we're definitely excited about participating in more mentoring of the youth. Like I said, um, I've benefited from it and I just enjoy it. I find it very rewarding myself. And I've mentored graduate students, high school students, and then we have opportunities on base. We have a STEM outreach center. So it's just, I'm excited for participating in mentoring, like I said, because I've benefited in my career from it. I'd also like to add that I, I enjoy mentoring and engaging with the next generation of scientists. Uh, I'm involved in a lot of mentoring efforts, um, the Goodwill Ambassadors Program, the Legacy Program. And so I enjoy uh, being mentored, but also passing on that information. And as Shanae mentioned, um, we're focused on FYs being more involved in some of those mentoring efforts, like being a judge for poster sessions, providing students an opportunity to uh, receive a poster prize that they can put on their CV, but also to promote awareness for FYs. I really think it's important for younger people to know that there is an organization like FYs that is affiliated with AFRL to show that AFRL is committed to diversity in the workforce. Absolutely. And we've had other guests in our, our podcast, like Jen Cook, that kind of touched a little bit on diversity um, and inclusion. And we all know that women aren't equally represented in science and engineering. That's a whole society sort of thing. But it's great that we're working towards why is that? Why is it the lower levels, you know, that pipeline of people? And then also, why why isn't there proportional representation? Even when you extrapolate the data, why isn't there proportional, you know, representation in those leadership positions? So it really imp important work from the mentoring to the professional development to those personal life questions that you have this network of, of people that care about you and your career. What a great organization. And that was something we wanted to kind of touch on. Um, so speaking of the amazing things that you've done, um, we know with your current positions. Um, so I know that currently uh, sitting, we have uh, Shanae as the current chair and Candace as the vice chair. We've talked a lot about the amazing accomplishments you've done and a lot of the cool impacts you've had. But is there anything else um, that you'd want to kind of tell us that at least since you've started in AppWise, you've seen really start to change around AFRL? So we've set up leadership at our geographically separated units so that they can also connect to FYs and benefit from some of the resources that we're setting up at the right pat site. Also, I would say that there's more awareness for diversity and inclusion seminars that are happening at AFRL. And so as part of AFYs, we have technical director at site reps that promote um, diversity and inclusion seminars or, or resources within their own TD that they can share throughout AFRL. Shanae, is there anything you'd like to add? I think just in addition, just our membership for the last few years before me, I can't take the credit, but before me with Joy Haley, there was an increase in our membership. And even with this pandemic right now, gotten over 200 members. So we've definitely um, increased the awareness of our organization. We have a lot more interest as well, especially with our upcoming personality tests. We have more people who are like, okay, um, how do I sign up for the organization? You know, they want to know more. So I, I'm definitely happy, like I said, because even with this pandemic, we still have people involved. I think that is a success in itself. Do you guys see 
other parts of the Air Force or Space Force wanting to become a part of AFWISE? Um, absolutely. So um, we've expanded to include AFIT as a part of AFWISE. And so that's something I'm very excited about. And I see AFWISE membership being open to Space Force and to other units that are interested in joining. I just think AFWISE has so much to offer women um, and not necessarily just SNEs, scientists and engineers. Shanae, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, just piggybacking off of what you've already said, that we have interest from people even outside of the research lab, people who want to say that, do they have to be an engineer or a scientist? Of course, we welcome everyone. Like, like we pointed out earlier, this is a um, diverse and inclusive organization. So I'm definitely excited that people beyond science and engineering are discovering uh, AFWISE and we welcome them all being a person that helps manage our Twitter account, that we've gotten, you know, direct messages from, you know, students uh, at different universities that might be part of an ROTC detachment. And, you know, they're wanting like, hey, how can how can I join uh, something like this? So definitely a, a need for it. And, you know, AFRL having um, members that are both part of the Space Force and the Air Force, it's only probably going to, the word's only going to get out there further. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see representation from from Space Force. That will that will definitely be cool. Oh, absolutely, especially um, since AFRL is focused on being one lab supporting two services. I especially see the work that AFRL is doing right now uh, supporting the Space Force, and I think the resources that AFWISE provides would be would be beneficial to them as well. And something I'm very curious of, or kind of curious in that we mentioned earlier that I'm sure a lot of our audiences would love to see is um, the LitWise, um, uh, what you mentioned with LitWise, like kind of the books you're reading. So maybe for our audience right now, if you um, have it on, or on hand, uh, what book are you guys reading or what would you recommend? Kind of as our little book corner here, uh, starting with Candace. I don't know if you guys, again, have it if not. So one of the past books that we've gone through is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. And I participated in that LitWise event and the roundtable discussion that we had. And I thought it was a, it was a very interesting book um, discussing in what women can do to take an active role in advocating for themselves and organizations. So sometimes uh, when you walk into a meeting, um, instead of retreating to the back to make yourself a part of the conversation and sit at the table also advocating for yourself. So there was one part of the book that particularly spoke to me where she talked about a parking when she was pregnant. So they didn't have designated parking for expecting mothers. And uh, she went through this whole cycle of running from her car and then being exhausted, trying to make meetings. And as soon as she asked for it, everyone agreed that that would be a good idea and they were able to provide parking. So I like that the, the book addresses and what women can do to advocate for themselves. Uh, Shanae, is there anything you'd like to add? Not from LidWise, but there is a book that I've been looking at called The Future of Tech is Female. And I haven't started it yet, but I believe it was a book that um, Mr. Blackhurst actually suggested to us. So I'm excited to get my hands on that and um, hopefully finish that and give, give my feedback to everyone. 
Yeah, that'd be a great follow-up. Honestly, I love the idea of having a, a book corner as is, but hearing it from both of you, this is great early reading for some of our viewers. If they're interested in AFWISE, or at least like you said, talking about inclusion, especially being women in the workplace here in STEM environments. Like this is a phenomenal start. Uh, and I already have my list. I've written it down here, so I'm good. Um, so anytime you guys have new books, we'd love to help feature these. And maybe we'll have a little uh, Lab Bite episode, a shorter one about some of these after you read them. Have our own little LitWise here. That could be very fun. <laughs> Sounds great. Tying things together here at the end of the podcast, um, at the top, we talked about amazing women who inspired you when you were first becoming a scientist. Now we'd love to know, are there any current AFRL women in STEM that inspire you day to day? Yes. Um, Miss Stephanie Miller is someone I find to be an inspiration. Uh, she's currently the acting director for the Airman Systems Directorate. She's had a, a long career with the Air Force, and she actually started as a GS-9. Um, her work has been mostly in directed energy and bio effects, and she's responsible for transitioning the active denial program into a program of record, and she briefed the Secretary of the Air Force on her research accomplishments. Uh, she's also an AFRL fellow, and she's someone that I look up to and model my career after. Wow. So it sounds like somebody we need to talk to in the podcast. We appreciate the plug, but uh, she sounds incredible. Absolutely. Just want to thank you guys for joining us on the podcast today. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes. And hopefully my son wasn't too loud in the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I, I think it was a perfect, perfect message about the time that we're all in uh, about, you know, work, work life balance. I could just hear him every once in a while, probably just playing with that microscope or something like that. So. <laughs> That's, you know, that's what we'll say it was. <laughs> <laughs> See, young STEM minds, very important. So thank you both again. It was truly a pleasure. And uh, we'll definitely have a chance to speak with you later on, especially regarding these books. Thank, thank you, you both. I enjoyed Bye. it. Make sure to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube at AF Research Lab. And remember, stay curious. Logging off.